We do value your feedback, so we would appreciate it if you take some time to give us um, um, your input on the presentation. If you're here on site, please be sure to sign in. You must attend at least 80% of the program in order to receive credit. And for those of you who are viewing online, if you have any questions during the presentation, Judy Langhans is monitoring her email, and you can send her an email that she'll share with our speakers. That email is judith.m, as in May, dot Langhans, L-A-N-G-H-A-N-S, at hitchcock.org. Also, for folks who are viewing online, please email Judy at the conclusion of this presentation stating that you did participate in the activity um, and include your name, degree, and zip code, and she can register your attendance. For those who need to access your online transcript, um, we do have information by the sign-in sheet here. Our folks who are viewing um, off-site can contact Judy directly for those instructions. We want you to know that neither our speakers nor any members of the planning committee have identified a financial interest or relationship with a commercial entity um, or any conflict of interest regarding this activity, and no one refused to disclose. Certification is a profession's official recognition of achievement, expertise, and clinical judgment. It is a mark of excellence that requires continued learning and skill development to maintain. This afternoon, our presenters will share, with you, will, will share with you ways to get started in nursing certification. Mary Catherine Rawls is clinical specialist for medical specialties. Uh, if anyone knows about specialty certification, it's Mary Catherine. She is currently certified in medical surgical nursing, gerontological nursing, and nursing professional development. Previously, she held certifications in orthopedic nursing and critical care nursing. Did I get them all? <laughs> Courtney Gregware is a staff nurse on 4West inpatient surgery. One of her professional goals this year is to obtain her certification in medical surgical nursing. In, in preparing for her certification, she has actively educated, encouraged, and supported her colleagues to join her in this study. Courtney's and Mary Catherine's passion for specialty certification in nursing provided the foundation for the creation of this nursing grand rounds. Please join me in welcoming them today. Thank you so much for having us, and welcome to one of the final things that we're doing for Nurses Week this week. Um, so just to get us started, um, this has been a process for me, and this is something that came out of my work on the Nursing Excellence Committee. came out of some work that I've done on the Nursing Excellence Committee when we were trying to outline um, the importance of getting certified for um, certification day back in March. So I had done some of this work. I've been doing little presentations with staff on 4West, and we're actually actively working on getting more staff certified, which we'll go into in a second. So quick disclosure, uh, neither myself or Mary Catherine Rowles have any conflicts of interest related to this presentation. So by the end of this program, you guys should be able to identify a pathway for obtaining certification. List two benefits, hopefully more, of actually getting your certification here um, for your professional development and your professional leadership or education goals. 
and identify the actual process for certification reimbursement at, at DHMC. Definitely getting reimbursed for something you actually earn is a good thing. So what is certification? So I found out a little bit about certification when I first interviewed here at Dartmouth, um, and that's about six years ago. I walked onto the floor and saw that we had a plaque, and the plaque outlined certification. So as a new grad coming out of school, there was a lot of stuff that I was looking at, and certification wasn't really on my list, but I knew it was out there. So certification is the formal recognition of the specialized knowledge, skills, and experience demonstrated by the achievement of standards identified by a nursing specialty to promote optimal health outcomes. This is from the American Board of Nursing Specialties. Okay? There have been other definitions out there about certification, but what it really is, it's a, it's a validation of your knowledge as a nurse and of your nursing practice. So we are all in nursing, and as professional nurses, we have to look at our evidence. Evidence-based practice is what we do to give the best care possible to our patients. And to do this process, I started, and Mary Catherine started, by doing a literature review. So it was interesting because we're trying to figure out, okay, well, why should I get certified? This is a question every one of us asks. So there's lots of reasons to do this. Part of it is advancing the safety of our healthcare delivery, of our nursing practice, improving the quality of healthcare delivery. Quality is a big thing right now, and we're all being measured about our outcomes, CAUTI, CLAPSI, patient falls, how we actually care for our patients, improving the processes of healthcare delivery. We've all gone through, many of us have gone through Greenbelt training, and some of us have gone through to get um, our yellow belt training. So we have these processes to improve our delivery of healthcare. Um, improve the delivery system organizational culture. So I've been thinking a lot about culture recently, and the culture here at DH is one of learning. Okay? And it could be validating our learning in our nursing practice because we are the experts for our patients. And the only way we're going to improve our practice for them is to actually go and get more education and knowledge. Okay? Whoops. There we go. <laughs> I'm not going to hit that button again. <laughs> so also provide professional support. So nurses go and they are getting certified on the floor. You might go and see, okay, well, Susie went and got certified. Well, what does that mean? And I'm having this conversation with new grads and people who've been here for a year or two. Well, getting into that of, okay, you've been here for a while. You've got a lot of knowledge. Doctors go get certified. Nurses need to be certified to validate our knowledge. We are the experts. We need to own that. Also shaping the future healthcare delivery of practice. Deliver, a care delivery practice, okay? We talk about the Institute of Medicine. We talk about all these goals for improving our care of patients. This is another way to do it. Improving job satisfaction, recruitment, and retention of nurses. Places that have a culture of learning. Nurses come here as a new grad. I came here, I moved. Moved from upstate New York 
because Dartmouth was magnet, it says center of excellence, okay? I've gotten involved in committee work here. I got to go to the magnet conference a couple years ago. People were all talking about up Dartmouth. We have a great culture here and we do a really good job. We need to continue that and bring more um, excellent people here. So going on with literature and just looking at magnet. So we've definitely been on a journey for magnet, okay? We need to have more certified nurses to demonstrate um, our nursing excellence. So when we go through, and we're going to be submitting our application again for magnet. So we have to look at the magnet model and the sources of evidence. This is part of our application process. So we're going to be, um, Paula Johnson's working on this, and it's all about data. You have to provide an example with supporting evidence illustrating that the organization has met a targeted goal for improvement in professional nursing certification. Supporting evidence must be submitted in the form of a graph with a data table that clearly displays the data. It's interesting, as nurses in our jobs every day, if it's not charted, it's not done. We kind of have to look at this of we all need to take uh, full advantage of the certifications out there for us and take credit for what we do. We are all experts. Okay, getting certified is going to prove, show that you're doing a very good job for your patients and that you're improving your practice. So we'll also have to provide an example with supporting evidence illustrating that nursing has met a targeted goal for improvement in professional nursing certification by unit or division. Supporting evidence must be submitted in the form of a graph with a data table that clearly displays the data. So again, this is why we need to bring this to the floors. This is why we need to celebrate people who go and get certification. So one of the things as we were going through the literature was that there are a lot of limitations to these studies. The limitations were not great data collection. Okay, looking at many hospitals and trying to figure out who's certified and who's not certified. So we can actually take that and show that we're giving excellent care. We know magnet hospitals give excellent care. Magnet hospitals also have many more certified nurses than non-magnet hospitals. So we've actually identified this as an opportunity to start with our data collection. That's why Halogen has been set up the way it's been set up for us to all track our education. All right. Why certify? Our work changes constantly. And individuals need to keep learning to give patients the best care possible. So with Nurses Week, we all really get this chance to like stop and focus. What do we do every day? What we do today is special, okay? What we do today is not what we did 20 years ago. 20 years ago, the way we put an IV in was very, very different than what we do today, okay? I remember, and if you look 50 years ago, Foley catheters did not look like they look today. I was reading something in a nursing book recently, and it was talking about how these were all set up and the way the Foley's were set up and walking across the floor and things getting spilled because of how all these were set, how the um, system was set up for Foley. 
were we really looking at best practices? Now we're all learning about CAUTI, and we're all learning about CLAPSI. Well, that's because we're improving our practice for our patients and improving outcomes. You could use chest tubes as an example. You can look at the procedures that patients have done today. Um, on 4 West, when I first started, um, our thoracic surgeons were doing very different procedures than what we're doing today. We have new surgeons. They're doing robotic procedures, smaller incisions, many more patients coming through. Patients who are getting up and having to move. Well, that's a big change in our practice. Dr. Finley came and said to us, expectation is that patients are up and walking a mile post-op day one. So <laughs> many of us were like, how are we going to do that? Well, we've worked it out, and patients actually know when they come in, that's what the expectation is. Part of that is educating them better, but it's also educating nurses better on how to do this. So we have to be lifelong learners. And another selfish reason for each of us, we're all going to have to come up with halogen goals this summer. Honestly, like this is a good one to choose, all right? And Dartmouth is here to support you in doing that, and there's a lot of different ways we can do it. And Dartmouth is also going to reimburse you for certification and recertification. Application costs once you're certified or getting recertified. Um, certification opens up professional opportunities and networking. I mean, I'll take my um, Mary Catherine as an example. She's been able to be a great teacher and a great leader. She's gone through and gotten certified in many things and is that expert to be looked at to do a good job. It's also a really good company assessment, okay? I like to know that I, I'm doing a good job, okay? I'm actually really looking forward to finally getting certified and saying that I'm board certified, okay, in my practice. The other reason is it's the certification aligns really well with our nursing strategic operations plan. So as nurses here at Dartmouth, we all need to really understand where we've been and where we're going. So if you've ever had a chance to look at this, how many of you guys have actually had a chance to actually look at the uh, strategic operations plan? It's a big grid, just a couple. So these are actually some of our goals and our strategies and tactics. So the goal is to integrate education and clinical expertise to expand evidence-based practice and research to inform the delivery of exceptional care within a sustainable health system. So big goal, we need to get a little bit of a strategy. Promote specialty certification and participate in professional associations and conferences, okay? We have lots of conferences as um, DH nurses that we can go to and we can access. You get to come here, you get an hour of continuing education for coming here and listening to this today, okay? Tactics, promote, publicize, and reward professional certification, all right? So we actually, for nurses, uh, nurses Certification Day, we published the names of 345 nurses in the paper highlighting that they're certified nurses. So what that means for us as a whole, it means that we have roughly about 16% of our nurses are certified, okay? So that's not bad. I mean, we're, we're kind of resetting. We're trying to focus on things, and 
It's a great starting point, okay? Metric, increase the number of RNs achieving a certification by 25% by June 30th, 2015. So I'm not actually sure where we were at the beginning of last year. This is again with our data collection. So, but that's actually a metric. We need to measure and show where we're going. So I'm lucky, I work up on 4West and I feel like we have a really good group of nurses who are pretty involved in shared governance. And our um, practice area council back in December when we went to our retreat, we're looking at our goals for this year. So we decided to make the goal for certification for our floor um, for 2015 is to get us to 25% okay of having our nurses certified when we started this back in January I think we were actually at 14% so just we've had three nurses since then get their certification one went to another floor and transferred um, so we're now up at 23.4% of our nurses are certified and I know that there are many people that use this as their goal last year and hopefully by the end of 2015 my hope is we're gonna be up to like 35 but we'll see how that goes, all right? So I know that there are more staff on our floor scheduled to sit for exams, and there's many staff that are kind of, we're gonna be having a med-search class next September, which we'll talk about later in the presentation um, to get those numbers up higher. So choosing a certification. So this is kind of where you have to figure out what, what your passion is. So and where, what you, where your interests really lie. So for me, med search makes the most sense because I'm in, I work on an inpatient surgery floor. This is gonna be very applicable. We actually have one nurse on our floor who um, got med search certified. She went to several conferences on geriatrics um, and she was quite passionate about falls. So she went and got a second certification in gerontology. So she's dual certified. And she's also actually worked with shared governance on the falls committee to develop our policy and um, procedure on um, falls prevention housewide. So you can go to conferences and bring this back to help your patients. Okay, so it's kind of an interesting thing. So when I was talking to her and I said, well, why did you make this choice? She's like, well, it just made sense for me to do this. It's something I really, I don't understand why we have patients falling. When there's technology we can use and there's things that we can do to make things better. So, and we are all leaders, okay? Every one of us can take our knowledge and apply it to help our patients. What are your strengths? Um, and what makes sense for you? So, I mean, for myself and my journey, like I've made the choice, I'll be finishing my BSN at the end of June. So that was my halogen goal for last year. And I just kind of decide, okay, well, next year is when I'll be working on my certification. You have to look at a lot of things. As nurses, we're all pretty busy and we're juggling everything. But professionally, and being a lifelong learner, that's important to me. So, and I'm glad I'm here at an organization that supports me in that. So, I'm just gonna go through some general criteria to actually get certified. There are a ton of different certifications that you can actually obtain. Um, so generally, you have to be practicing in a licensed RN in the United States. 
Um, you have to have two years of experience. And some, uh, some certifications will even go so far as to say you have to have 3,000 practice hours minimum and different things like that. Um, and that the requirement will vary by your specialty. And then 30 contact hours in that specialty. So we all have to have 30 contact hours for a nursing license in New Hampshire at least. So it's something you already have. It's not like you have to like all of a sudden jump online and do more conferences and get more credits. And you do not need to have a BSN to get certified. Okay. BSN is very important, but you don't, we have a lot of diploma nurses, we still have ADNs on the floors who have, who are experts. And they've got a lot of knowledge. So you don't have to be a BSN, because that was one of the things when I first started talking about this, well, I don't have my BSN, so why should I bother? That's not anything we need to worry about. So I'm just going to talk in generally about this is part of what I did for inpatient surgery um, on just getting nurses up to date on what the certification actually is. So the medical surgical nursing, okay? Once you go through the certification, you will be reward, awarded with RN slash BC. BC is board certified, okay? So this is through the ANCC. Um, Medical Surgical Nursing Board Certification Examination. It's a competency-based examination that provides a valid and reliable assessment of the entry-level clinical knowledge and skills of registered nurses in the medical surgical specialty after initial RN licensure. So it's not immediately after you get your, pass your NCLEX exam. My understanding is it's not like the NCLEX exam. I took my NCLEX exam, convinced I was gonna fail. And I didn't, thank goodness. But it's one of those things, it was really a lot of anxiety. I don't like taking tests. I'm sure a lot of you guys don't, and that's kind of daunting. But this, we're also going to go through like some strategies to get you through that. So the credential is valid for five years. You can continue to use this credential by maintaining your license to practice and meeting the renewal requirements in place at the time of your certification renewal. Sometimes they change slightly, so it's important that once you get your certification, you stay up to date on what they require to keep it. And it just goes on to talk a little bit more about what ANC certification is. We're going to go to the website on that in a little bit. So the eligibility criteria. So this is, again, in general, you've practiced the equivalent of two years as a full-time registered nurse. And they do specify how many hours you actually have to work as a nurse. So for um, med surge, it's a minimum of 2,000 hours of clinical practice in the specialty area um, of medical surgical nursing within the last three years. Okay, And completed your 30 hours of continuing education. All right. So when you get to recertification, so there's a lot of different things that can count as your continuing education. Um, like maybe you'll precept or maybe you'll have to do a presentation. It's a, it can be a little varied once you get to that point. And to apply, it is a little bit of a process. Okay, So you have to essentially get all your credit hours put together. And there's a couple ways you can do that with your 
here at Dartmouth, or Mary Catherine has a really nifty spreadsheet that she uses for her own stuff. Um, and you have to actually submit this, and then you will get something called your authorization to test. So this goes through pricing, and it is pricey to take this exam. Um, if you're a member of the American Nursing Association, um, it is much cheaper. It's $270 as opposed to the $395. But once you take and pass the exam, Dartmouth will reimburse you for the amount of it. Okay? And I think that they've been looking at other ways of supporting nurses and getting their certification and helping with this. So I think there's more to come on that, but that's definitely been a process because many people have spoken to me about 400 bucks, that's a lot of money to come up with for me and my budget. So it is something that Dartmouth is looking at, but um, right now we are reimbursed fully for passing this exam. So um, our sister floor, 3West, they're orthopedic, um, and they do lots of hips and knees. Um, so some of those nurses have chosen, many of them get their med surge, and then they go and get the orthopedic nursing certification, um, and that, again, is for five years. It's very similar to the med surge certification. And again, this is also what's your passion. Are you really, really passionate about orthopedics and um, rehabbing people after they have hip surgery or knee surgery, okay, or trauma, all right? Again, this is two full years of experience and a minimum of 1,000 hours worked, okay? So many of these organizations will go through and tell you what they accept as far as your clinical practice, as far as your education and your um, contact hours. And then again, you have the exam fee schedule. Every one of these organizations that I looked at that Dartmouth takes, they, it's pretty well laid out, but it can be pretty dense. So take your time and go through it. So with that, I'm going to pass the torch to Mary Catherine, who's going to talk a bit about how to prepare for actually taking the exam. So you've made the choice that, okay, this is something I want to do for next year for my halogen goal, and this is the process I'm going to go through and do. Are you going to use? Yeah. Thanks. Okay, hello, everybody. So I'm going to take you through the nuts and bolts of how do you get from step one to already being certified and to get reimbursed for that certification. Again, a very important part. So how are you going to prepare? You've already made the toughest decision of all to decide to go for the certification, and you've decided also which certification that you want to do. You're capitalizing on your strengths, which is the best part. So on each certification's website or on each um, or professional organization's website, if they offer a certification, you're going to find a course outline. This is critical to take a look at this. This will break out the percentages of topics that will be covered in the exam. For example, the bed surge, they're going to talk about pathophysiology as probably at least 25%. Um, legal ramifications might be as low as nine, eight or nine percent. Um, medications may be 15 percent. So everything will vary, but do take a look at that. 
Also take a look at their reference list. You may already own some of the books that you'll need for uh, certification studying. The other nice thing that they have on their uh, websites are sample questions. And they can be anywhere from 10 to 20 sample questions that you can take a sample exam and just see, where, how did I do? Where do I stack up? Am I really, is this not for me? Or, geez, I, you know, I missed one question. Oh yeah, when I reread that question, I see I misread one of the aspects of the question, so I would have had 100. So it's really, take a look at that. And then they have certification handbooks. Now the American Nurses Credentialing Center is really the best uh, or most organized, I might say, in that they have a certification handbook um, that this I downloaded from their website. They have them for each of the different exams so that you can see specifically what you need to do to certify in that particular certification. We're going to take a walk through some of these sites now. This is the American Nurses Credentialing Center. And you see that the first thing they say is choose your certification. What certification do you want to um, hold at the end of this? They have nurse practitioner ones, clinical nurse specialist certifications, and specialty certifications. And here is a list of all of them that just the American Nurses Credentialing Center has. Orthopedic nurses have their own site. American um, critical care nurses have their own site. There's um, hospice and palliative care. They have a site, so there's really endless. Pediatrics has another whole um, web area of different certifications that you can obtain. So I, let's go, and now let's look at, let's say we choose um, gerontological nursing as a certification. So when I click onto gerontological nursing through the ANCC website, the first thing I see is what credential that, oops, that I can have should I get this certification. And RNBC is what the ANCC gives to any of their specialty credential organization or nurses who are credentialed. Orthopedics gives um, ONC, Oncology gives OCN, so you can see that every different organization will have its own credential that you can use. On the ANCC site, it also goes, has buttons that you can click to show how to apply for it, how to maintain it, and how to renew it. It gives the pricing and is kind of a good reference point for a lot of the information here. When I look at the how to apply, and I'm reviewing my eligibility criteria for the gerontological nursing certification exam, three things. I need to have been a practicing nurse for two years, licensed practice, and I need to maintain that license throughout my credential period. The second thing is have a minimum of 2,000 hours of practice. When you divide 36 hours a week into 2,000 hours, it comes out to be a little bit of full-time or 36-hour-a-week nursing comes out to be a little bit more than a year. So most of us probably meet that criteria. If it's part-time, it may be a little longer. And here's one little glitch that you might 
look at, again, has completed 30 hours of continuing education in gerontological nursing subjects. So you have to go to things that have a focus on gerontology to be ready for this. If I went to a pediatric conference and had eight hours of pediatric information, when the um, reviewers reviewed my application, they'd say, well, I can't count these hours. If, however, maybe one of those hours were talking about pediatrics and how they related to grandparents, and that was a whole session, that hour would count. So do take a look at your um, CEUs and how they apply for the credential that you want. So now what? So you decided what you're going to do. How are you going to study? There are a lot of books. Each organization will provide its own core curriculum or study guide or preparation study um, books. We have a number in the um, Matthews Fuller Library that you can take out. Other people that you might know may have books to lend to you. Amazon has tons of them. And of course, the organizations will also sell their own. So there are many ways that you can um, get some books. But you don't always need to have a book. If you have the course outline, if you have their references, you might just look through some of those, or you might do topic specific and just continue to look at the continuing education related to that. And that could be um, a way to study. Another way is to either do some individual or group study. We have a study group on One East right now, One, Two, and Three East, on hospice and palliative care that we've started. And it's a group of us that got together and decided we wanted to look into that certification. MedSurg, get a buddy. It's easier to study with somebody. You can bounce ideas and questions off one another. And if you're not, you know, maybe you remember back in school and group study wasn't your idea of a good time, you can always just do it yourself. Or there are even some online um, certification preparation courses that you can take. Many of those will cost some money, but it depends. If that's the best way for you to study, go for it. We also have certification prep classes here at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, and I'm going to show you this is from our, now it's called CDLP or? CLPD. CLPD, <laughs> Center for Learning. And here are some of the activities that are um, ongoing. Tomorrow it's, sorry, I keep doing that. Um, the Geriatric RN Boot Camp, tomorrow's the third day of the three days for that. But there's evidence-based skin and wound care. There's a certification in wound care for those of you who might be interested. Well, we have our getting started in nursing certification here. Some upcoming certification prep courses. MedSurg in September. The um, center is offering a two-day preparation course for us. So that's really kind of exciting to know. There's a stroke conference coming in. That would count for both gerontological nursing as well as med-surge nursing. Uh, it probably would also count toward critical care nursing if you were to get certified in that. Trauma nursing core course. There are two different sessions being offered, one in June, next in October. 
Geriatric trauma, again, a very much a specialty. And emergency nursing pediatric courses being offered this September. Those are the ones that were on the site so far. And in fact, the med surge, I think, is going to be posted by the end of this week. Yeah. So um, do look, check that site, because the courses are being offered for really minimal costs. It's the cost of the food related to that. So it's really quite nice. When you, just as with this course, when you complete, you sign in, you complete the objectives, you get a transcript. This is a um, snapshot of my transcript from the CLDP, or whatever, <laughs> sorry, um, site. And again, this is a nice way to have many of your credits just be right there so that you can print it out and take it and send it off with your application. So submitting your application. Courtney talked about submitting it. One method is to get your online transcripts. Um, how do you get more hours? Let's say you have 28 hours and you need two more. Well, there are a lot of offerings here at DHMC, nursing grand rounds, Schwartz rounds. We have, you can possibly use um, other nursing education. Some of the um, archived nursing grand rounds are still available to be used, and those you would get from uh, the website. There are free CEUs online through magazines. You know all where you can get those. And another big and um, untapped organization, uh, uh, offerings for CEUs are professional organizations. For example, if you belong to AACN, you have up to 300 free continuing education hours through their um, website, through their magazines just because you belong to that organization. The Nursing Professional Development Organization also does that. So check out your professional organizations. New Hampshire Nurses Association also has some um, offerings online as well. <coughs> Excuse me. And once you get all your CEUs together, you get that check for up to $400 or whatever it costs, and you submit it. Then you have, um, once you submit it, you have 90 days after you get your authorization to test. This is just a snapshot of the AACN uh, or the American Critical Care, American Association of Critical Care Nurses. And they, I thought this was kind of interesting how they did this. They say that you can actually save $620 a year just by belonging to them because of all their free CEUs, their clinical information, you get a couple of magazine subscriptions. And this comes in that disclosure. I'm not selling this, but it is kind of an interesting website. And the offering of the clinical uh, or the continuing education is, is really a positive, I think. So once you have your authorization to test, this comes to you in a letter from the Prometric system. And be careful not to throw it out, <laughs> because it looks like it could just be an advertisement. But the Prometric system is a nationwide testing company. And they have 
um, set up agreements with a number of facilities that can do computerized testing. In New Hampshire, most of those facilities take place at an H&R block um, company in their computer rooms when they're not being used for other things. So that authorization to test, just like it did for nursing school, will give you instructions about the exam process and what to do from this point forward. They've already accepted your money. They've probably cast your check. They um, will now tell you how to go about selecting your date. They're also going to tell you what to do if you select that date and you're sick that day or, you know, um, there's a tragedy that occurs or something along those lines. So do take, pay attention to that. They'll also tell you what to bring to the website or to the test site and what not to bring, and we're going to go over that. So review the information carefully and choose your day. In New Hampshire, there are four test sites, and unfortunately, Lebanon is not one of them, but their Concord is less than an hour away. And the nice thing is there's a lot of shopping once you get done. So Portsmouth, Nashua, Manchester, and Concord all have um, test sites. In Vermont, Burlington is the only one that I am aware of. But uh, again, New Hampshire is, has a couple of them. Do arrive 30 minutes early. Give yourself plenty of time. If you're not sure where the test site is, you know, there's always Siri on my phone. She's helped me get a lot of places. Um, print out directions to the test site or take a trial run just so that you know exactly how much time you're going to need. Do allow yourself some time for traffic jams, weather, etc. Bring a photo ID, very important. They won't let you take the test without a photo ID. And that can be passport, driver's license, a military ID, or a state ID. And a state ID is what the state issues for people who don't perhaps have driver's license or they might use it for voting. So that's another alternate. So once you're there, check in. Let them know you're there. It's not a big waiting line. Usually it's just you and the person. Um, but no jewelry, no keys, no watches, no purses. Uh, they at one point, they one place had me empty out anything that was in my pocket. There are little purse lockers there for your, if you wanted to store anything. So I just <clears throat> carted everything out to my car and locked my keys up, basically. They're going to take your picture, and they use that for identification. They monitor the room um, and both auto, audibly and visually. So you've got a camera on you the whole time. If you leave the room, you have to sign in, sign out um, to go to the restroom. And that time is part of your whole exam time. So, you know, don't, uh, you, no need to take a whole lot of time. <laughs> but um, do know that that is all counting towards your exam time. They give you pencil and paper. They don't let you take anything in. And when you come out, they'll collect that pencil and paper again. They will give you headphones in case there are other people in the exam room. And 
I used the headphones, and they were very nice. They were very effective. And they do not allow any food, water. You know, we're also used to having water, taking water with us wherever we go, but they don't allow it for this exam. Again, it's proctored. One place I had had a big, very large picture window that they could just see into the exam room itself. And there were six computer stations that looked sort of like the uh, library carols, the study carols. Um, if you need special accommodations, then you may, you would know that from perhaps school or if you had special accommodations for other testing, do let them know. There are, again, requirements to um, get the special accommodations, but they will do everything that they can in order to accommodate you. And lastly, they ask for a confidential agreement. You will sign that. And that says that I'm not going to walk out and tell you, well, it was uh, the, one of the questions had to do with this, this, and this, um, or that you won't, re that you'll keep the test confidential, basically. You won't reveal the content. There are anywhere from 150 to 175 questions. Of those questions, um, about 25 might be pilot questions or they're checking out to see if these are reliable questions. In the um, hospice and palliative care exam, the total exam is 150 questions. 35, 135 of them are real, and 15 of them are the pilot questions. So they'll all vary a little bit. Again, the, the test site or the um, website for the credential will have what precisely um, the mix of pilot test questions and real questions are. The pilot test questions don't count toward the final score, but you don't know what they are. They're just mixed in so that you can't just blow by them. For the ANCC, these are criterion reference tests. That means that they decide on a particular threshold and they have established a passing number, and you have to meet that passing number. It is not a test that is graded on a curve, or it's not taking the best answers or only the people who do the absolute best. Generally, it's about three, you need about 350 um, questions correct or points correct out of a possible 500, and they have a formula that converts that 150 into 350 that I don't know. And nobody really knows. Um, so generally, you need to get a C or better. So that's really not that strict. When you leave, you'll see your actual score numbers. If you don't pass, they're going to give you a full breakout of detail about what areas you really need to brush up on. If you pass, you're just going to get your 360, 370, whatever your number was. So you'll know that you passed. In the beginning, when you first sit down to take the exam, they do a tutorial about how to use a computer, which is helpful because I didn't know how this one worked. You can flag questions that you have a question about. You can go back. Um, you can reconsider 
There's plenty of time to do it. You have a total of three and a half hours to take this exam, plenty of time. Most of the time for any of my tests, I've been out in about two, two and a half hours. So there's plenty of time. You decide when to start the exam, but you have a total of four hours, generally, from the time you start to the time you finish, minus, or the tutorial time is included as part of your exam time. So um, do look at it, but you don't need to spend a lot of time there. Highlight questions you're not sure about, because even the questions that you don't answer are counted wrong. So you might as well give it a shot. You have a 25% chance of getting it right. You can flag questions, go back to the beginning and answer them. And um, again, typically you're done in two to three hours. Wear comfortable clothing. I used to have a, an outfit from high school yet that I would wear that was my most comfortable um, clothes. They don't care if you're in jeans. They don't care if you're in shorts and flip-flops. So it doesn't matter. Just be comfortable. Be well-rested. Try not to rush yourself there or um, be so stressed that you're going to not read questions thoroughly. So take your time. Again, unanswered questions are scored as incorrect. And review before you submit your exam. Review any computer holds that you placed on a question. Sometimes, you know, as you get into the exam farther and farther, um, something will trigger you to remember an answer to a question you weren't sure about way in the beginning. So if you're not sure about something, just put a little flag next to it and move on. At the end, when you're all done, there's a very short survey, you know, like maybe 10 questions, to help them to improve their process so um, that is part of your, uh, the total time that you're in there, um, but it's very short survey. So when you walk out, they'll let you know that you've passed. They will give you a handout, which is really nice. There's not a waiting period. Um, you know within minutes. Some places are a little cruel. They'll tease you a little bit, so, you know, sorry to hear that. You didn't pass, or they'll say something silly, but um, more than likely you have passed. Keep a copy of that because it says, congratulations, you've passed. You're going to need it for your reimbursement. And then you can start using the credentials right from that moment. On our website and also on ANCC's website, it has a... Um, a link to show you, it takes you to hear about how to display your credentials, what, how you can use the credential, what the um, order is for your credentials so that you can um, use your credentials accurately. Again, this is on the nursing website, on the internet site here at Dartmouth. There's a link to this um, uh, brochure. Specialty certification reimbursement. We have a policy for reimbursement. So after you have passed the exam, you want to take a look at the policy and make sure you save your receipts. Make sure you download the form, complete the form, submit proof that you've passed, which can either be that congratulations, you've passed letter, you can give them a copy of your certificate. Um, 
you can usually you get a letter in the mail that says congratulations you've passed you want a copy of your exam fee receipt and make sure that you submit it within 90 days so that you can get it in and again this is right off the website and this is the nursing website that has been redone that really looks quite slick and reimburse oops Reimbursement is specialty certification reimbursement. Here's the policy, here's the form, and it does tell you how to go about doing that. So recertification, now you're certified. You have anywhere from two to five years, depending on the certification, to recertify. So take a look at the requirements. What do I have to do now to recertify? Set up a tracking system, and I'm going to talk about how to set that tracking system up. For the most part, most of the recertifications deal with more CEUs. Only this time, it's probably not 30. It's probably 100 that you need, or it's some number greater than 30. Academic credits, so if you're in school, that can count toward your recertification in some instances. Presentations can, publications, research. For my nursing professional development recertification as a preceptor, that time counts towards my recertification. And also for nursing professional development, recertification for that um, certification also includes professional um, organization work. So working with New Hampshire Nurses Association or some of the other professional organisms, organizations, not organism, count toward that recertification. So check carefully. Again, if you go back to the, your certifying website, you'll see that they have how to renew. And when you click on that, you will get what they need for renewal. A lot of the certification um, bodies, including ANCC, also provide a way for you to track your CEUs, which is really nice. You have to set up an account with them, but it's usually free. And often, if you use that tracking, you get to renew at a reduced rate. The orthopedic board had a um, set up like that where I plugged in all of my CEUs and then I got, I don't know, something like $50 off when I went to renew. So that was worth it. But for yourself and for any, whether or not you're going for a certification, do track your continuing ed hours so that when it comes to July and you're going to go in for your evaluation, you can hand your nurse uh, manager just a copy of all of the things that you've done. In this instance, this is um, my med certi certification contact hours, my certification number, and that is a certificate number that I always need to refer to if I have any questions about my certification or uh, if somebody has questions for me. And my certification runs out, for med surge, runs out November 30th of this year. So I have to um, recertify before November 30th. There's not usually any grace period, but at midnight of November 30th, if I haven't recertified, I'm done.
being certified, and then I have to recertify with a late fee and pay extra money, um, and it's much more of a hassle. Through ANCC, I can recertify now anytime up to a year ahead of time. So again, check the recertification requirements. You might be able to do that a little earlier. So what I have is the subject and title of any kind of presentation I've gone to, the date of it, who sponsored it, who provided it, in some instances where it was held. Again, here you can see I do a lot at Dartmouth here. Is it, did it get approved by the ANCC? And they are an approver body and they do a lot of approvals. All of Dartmouth's um, continuing education hours do go through ANCC. Next is, is it a focus of the MedSurg um, certification? So in this instance, all of these were. And then lastly, what are the number of contact hours and how do I prove it? In this instance, I have them all on transcript through the uh, center, <laughs> I'm just going to call it that, through the learning center, and so I'm good there. But otherwise, I'd have to keep, you know, if I did something elsewhere, I might need to um, make a copy of the attendance list. Um, if I did something through a magazine, I'd want to make sure that I kept or copied my certificate um, for CEUs from that. So again, remind yourself what you need to recertify. There is no grace period, um, and it'll cost you if you miss the deadline. So I developed this checklist, and you all may have, have it, and let's just um, run through it quickly. You can see that choose your certification, read the handbook to know what you have to do, check out your CEUs, make sure they meet what they're looking for, um, review the test outline in their handbook. Do a practice test. They're kind of fun. They're easy. A lot of times they're online. They're free. Develop a study plan and a timeline. Don't let this go on forever. Give yourself a deadline and make it a project so that you work at it. And then check it off that it's done. Complete your application. Send it in. Receive your authorization to test. Choose your test site take the exam, pass the exam, let leadership know that you're now a certified nurse, complete the reimbursement form, submit it to OPN within that 90-day window, safely store your certificate. Again, if you lose it, it's going to cost you to get another one. Um, review this recertification criteria, develop some kind of a tracking system for yourself. I mean, when I first started, my tracking system was a brown envelope and everything I went to, I put the CEU um, form into that, and then track your recertification data. Any questions? Courtney and I, Courtney's on this journey, and I'm on my recertification journey, so if you have any questions, we are more than happy to help you. Um, we wish you good luck. It's a lot of fun, um, particularly if you do it with somebody else because it's really a nice sense of achievement when you get that paper that says you passed. Yes? So I am certified. This was extremely helpful just because it gave me incentive to, I don't know. Good. 
But what I was going to say in our unit, they also voted um, that we get two extra meeting days if we're board certified. So it gave like a lot of nurses the incentive. I think it might be unit by unit. That it is unified it by is unit. Because inpatient surgery, um, if you're certified for inpatient surgery two, three, and four west, you do get four KAs instead of two. Oh, good. Yeah. So, but, I yeah. mean, that is unit by unit. I know yeah. for Dartmouth, in general, it's only two. So let me just repeat the question or the comment. Thank you. Um, in her particular unit, the nurse manager has arranged that for those nurses who are certified, she doubled or he <laughs> doubled the number of uh, education days, which was really nice. There may be other incentives and other units that um, you might be able to do. Maybe you get a little bit more money to attend a conference or, or maybe even not. You know, it's really not about the perks. It's about validating that and promoting good patient outcomes. There was one other question. As you said, it's not about the perks, but um, it's more professional development and satis personal satisfaction. But every single insti other institution that I've ever worked for, one of the incentives was more pay, anywhere from 25 cents an hour. And I listened to, uh, I was on a webinar with HIMSS at lunchtime, mm -hmm. and they brought that up again about, and um, for HIMSS certification, it was a dollar an hour more, mm -hmm. and but they've never done that here. So I have not ever had anything additional for certification here. At I've worked at about five other institutions, and of those five, one did um, give me a little bit something extra per hour because I was certified. But that, you know, there may be other things I, that... Um, might be available to you as well. I mean, and the other piece that I always tell people, um, if you look at what our evaluations were last year, I mean, that it's a rubric. And professional development, you're going to get a higher score if you're certified. So, I mean, if you really look at it like that, as far as what your professional certification is, it, it is going to mean something in the long run. And I mean, and I, I mean, I think in the future there may be some talk of doing something like that, but um, I think there's more to probably come on it. So I mean, right now, it, this is a big thing that I've talked about with staff, and a lot of people are like, why should I do this? Well, I mean, yes, it is personally, like, yes, every one of us need to continue learning, but a lot of it is a pocketbook issue for people as far as... That was my next question about, do you have any data about why nurses aren't pursuing, if our statistically, if we're lower than our lower than we want to be for magnet and other things. When you look at certification and a lot of the literature, there is a lot of opportunities to do more research. Um, and part of that was the point I was trying to make with this. I mean, there may be, there's a high correlation between certification and um, clinical outcomes. There's a correlation, but it's not drop dead. So if you look at a lot of magnet organizations and how they're set up, um, yes, they have clinical ladders. Yes, they have more of those things. But I think, personally, if you really look at it, that professional development part of your evaluation, and take a second and go back and look at your evaluations from last year. I mean, being involved, being certified, that does count more than it ever has, if you look at that. Okay, And I think it's something just to think about. 
and I mean, I think your voices, our voices are being heard, and I think I know talking to Paula, these are all things that they're looking at, even as far as reimbursement, and how, I mean, 400 bucks is a lot for us to like, shout out for initially, and may not get it back for four months. I mean, by the time you like get your authorization and get everything in to, you figure 90 days by the time you get it all worked out. So I think it's something, and that's good feedback for our managers and leadership too. Also, not appropriately, but um, in every three years we need an IDCE news to keep recertifying. So that's quite a bit. So with the extra two days of meeting time, you're able to, you know, if you precept to go to, you know, get CEUs and get recertified in ACLS. So, you know, it adds up, but that's a lot to get if you only have right. two meeting days. So we do have one question comment. from the intranet if you have a chance. I'm not sure if this was covered. One person asked, are there any certifications that are available to LPNs? Not sure if that was answered yet or not. Um, so the question is, are there certifications available to LPNs? I'm not aware of a specific one, but I do think that some of them do are open to LPNs, so that would be in the criteria on the website that you would check. I think another reason that some people just haven't certified yet is because they were hesitant about or not knowing about how to get started. So that was part of the reason that we decided to do this. So good luck, everybody, and get certified. Thank you. Thank you.